you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Tonight, I have come to challenge our, to challenge our thinking. And what I'm going to talk about tonight is going to go against the norm of culture. And it's going to get go against what is being pushed at us as the norm of society, particularly in these days in which we have lived. We have just gone through one of the strangest uh, seasons, in my opinion, one of the strangest seasons and strangest election seasons that we have ever gone through. And it has been very, very difficult uh, on... Um, on everyone, I do believe, and it is not helping uh, anyone's cause. It's not helping anyone's cause. And what I'm going to talk to tonight is going to cross over into some of those lines of talking about, uh, as you allow your mind and the application of this lesson tonight begin to set in and begin to sink in, you're going to see different places and areas of life in which we can personally apply what we are teaching. Now, as I told you before the awakening, we started into what we are calling the Why series, and I taught two lessons uh, on holiness, and tonight I'm picking back up with lesson number three, and tonight we're going to talk about two very important things. The first one is respect, and the second is reputation. So tonight we're going to talk about respect and reputation and how that, that is applicable to holiness. When we talk about holiness and separation from the world, the first thought that comes to our mind are our guidelines of dress. Because we have been programmed to think that that equals holiness. We, we, have been, we have become programmed to believe that that is holiness. And although we all agree and all say, well, holiness is a heart matter, but we fail to see the work of holiness is so much greater than what you see on the outside. The exterior should be a reflection of what's going on on the interior. But if we teach that holiness is an exterior work and we leave the interior work of the Holy Spirit out, then what we do is we teach guidelines and regulations and rules and ways to skirt around the heart being right and cause men to look on the outward appearance. But as I have read to you in the last two lessons, God looks on the heart. Man looks on the outward, but God looks on the heart. And so it's real easy for us to skirt around it by uh, the real issues, by looking the part and acting the part and dressing the part and putting our smile on and showing up to church and then letting our heart remain impure. And so my goal in this series is to deal more with the heart because when the heart gets right, everything else is going to come out. It's why we think we can fix people's words, but the truth is the Bible said from the abundance of the, the mouth, because what's on the inside is revealed on the outside. 
But we, if we're not real careful, we teach it the other way around. Instead of telling people you should not think that way, instead of training our children you should not think that way, instead we punish them for the words that they speak and not for the matter of trying to change the heart. And so therefore tonight, I'm going to go against everything that culture has been, has been throwing at us for the last several months when it comes to actions on the outward. The first thing we're going to talk about tonight is pure actions toward authority. If anybody needs any help spelling that, it is R-E-S-P-E-C-T. If you put it to music, you could make a song out of it. Respect. Pure actions toward authority. The Bible teaches us that we are to not be as the world. This is the act of separation from the world. Coming out from among them and being separate is more than how I appear. So pure actions toward authority. What we have seen over the last several months is rebellion toward authority. Now this is going to really, really affect some of you in negative ways tonight when I start talking about some of the things that I'm talking about. But whether you agree with it or whether you don't, whether you voted for it or whether you didn't, we are held accountable according to scripture to show respect to those who are in authority. May not agree with their policies, may not like what they say, may not like what they do, may feel like the world is going the wrong direction, but we have to respect the office. Now let me put it in this term. We can talk about officers. This has been something that's been very loud in our news for the last good while, our officers. Just because somebody wears a uniform does not mean that they are right or righteous. Doesn't mean their actions are right or righteous. Because there are both good and bad that serve, whether it be in military, whether it be in law enforcement, no matter what it is, I've got to call it like it is. The truth is, is they're not all good and they're not all bad but they are all authority. See, I didn't get near as loud an amen on that one. They are all in authority. And the Bible teaches us a principle of respect to those that are in authority. Now, tonight I want to talk a little bit about personal respect. Respecting ourselves. You could write a song about that if you wanted to. Respect yourself. A handful of you get my sense of humor. I'm thankful for those of you that work with my strange sense of humor. Respect can be built or destroyed by the kind of relationships that is maintained between individuals. This applies to all walks of life and all areas of life. The issue with today, with the world today, I'm going to try to, I'm going to, try to reach everybody in this room and understand that I've got, I've got young and old in this room, young and older, sorry, in this room tonight. But if we want respect, we must be respectable. You can't live an unrespectable life and expect people to automatically show respect. Now we can go into all sorts of things, all sorts of, of, of um, pop psychology terms and talk to you tonight about respect being earned. I understand that in the grand scheme of things, respect is earned. Respect can be gained or respect can be lost by actions, attitudes, lifestyle, uh, positions. There's a lot of different things that can cause people 
to, to respect or not respect. At the core, at the core, respect can never be demanded by a person in authority to someone who is below them. All right, I got to break this down a little more. The Bible tells us to, what are we supposed to do to our parents? Respect them. We're to show honor and respect. Now, I know most of you here and your parents are honorable and respectable, so you have no excuse. But whether your parents always make the right decisions and do the right thing, even if they fail you and fail God, there is still a re- biblical requirement of respect and honor to be shown. Children, honor your parents. For this is right, and it is the will of God, for you to honor your parents. Now, it's real easy for me to talk to this side about honoring their parents. Let me go over to this side because this side still has their parents. The Bible says to honor your parents. The same scripture that applies to this side applies to this side. That it may be well with thee and that thy days may be long upon the earth. So therefore, honor is very closely related to respect. So when we talk about honor and we talk about respect, showing respect, how how do you honor your parents? For those of you who are single, who live at home, who are minors, who are relying on your parents for food and shelter and protection and what am I missing? So for those of you that are relying on your parents, living in their house, they're making a way for you. You are honoring them by showing respect and obedience to the rules they set for the home. If they say this is tolerable in my home and you say, but all the rest of my friends do this, that, and the other, and they say, but not in my house, you have a biblical mandate to honor them by being obedient. Because at the stage of life that you are in, you you are honoring your parents by being obedient. Let me go preach to this side for a moment. This side, let me talk to you who are grown and have children of your own. Brother Brandon, I'm going to pick on you for a minute. Grown, have children of your own, make your own way, pay your own bills, don't have to borrow too much money from your, from your parents. You, you, you know, you do it, you make it on your own. You still have to honor your parents. For this is right. And it's the will of God. So you honor them that your days may be long upon the earth and that it may be well with thee. And so therefore, how do you show honor? Your honor is different from their honor. Their honor is obedience to the rules of the home, doing what they say do, get up when they say, clean the room when they say, all the, all the requirements of living in their house. You now that are living on your own still have a requirement to honor your parents, to show respect. So how you show respect is by living out the principles that have been taught in your life. So you are honoring your father and your mother, and it's going to be well with thee because you are carrying out the principles that were taught when you didn't have a choice. Here you didn't have a choice. Now you have a choice. And so now the real proof is not the mandate of when they are minors and living at home and under the rule, under the roof, and you say, if you don't do what I say do, then I'm going to take your birthday away. This group says, would you take my birthday away? And so for this group, 
what the principles that were taught and put in place for the young group, everything's still in place. But now, because he was an obedient, since Pastor Brandon was an obedient uh, teenager, respected his parents and cleaned his room and went to school and made good grades and was home when he was supposed to be and showing up where he's supposed to and called home when he was supposed to, didn't do things he wasn't supposed to do and honored his parents but being all the obedient person that he was, now the rules, the, the rules haven't changed, the role has changed. So now the role of, of Pastor Brandon now as a parent of his own, living on his own, now his respect is by living out those principles that were taught to him when he didn't have a choice but to do what he was told. I don't understand why in the world my parents say that I have to go to school every day. It makes no sense. It's dumb. I thought I'd get amens and hand claps. I don't understand why I have curfews and why I'm told that I can't hang out with this person and why I can't do this and why I have to go there but can't go there. Why I have to dress this way. I don't understand it. Doesn't make any sense. It seems to be dumb because there are principles that are being put there. Be obedient that it may be well with thee and that your days may be long upon the earth. But what is being established here is so when this generation when, when this generation begins to respond, their response is not out of, if I don't do this, I'm not going to get to eat tonight. I'm not going to have a bed to sleep in. Not going not to have my vehicle insurance paid. And I'm not going to get any help. Now, the principles that were established there are completely different. Now, by example, he's leading his family by example. He is exampling to his children. But he is still has the, the obligation to show respect to his parents. But how he shows respect is different. Now it is not in being obedient. Now it is by showing honor by calling home, checking in with his parents, helping out with things that they are incapable of as they get older in life, following up with them, talking to you, Danny, you got to start helping out. Helping oversee things that need to be overseen as the age, as they age, as they grow older, there is a responsibility. Y'all were about to run aisles a few moments ago. But there is still a respect and an honor that must be given. So now I've given you an example in the world of parental relationships. Now can we move it into all other forms and types of relationships? If we in turn want to be respected, if you want your parents to trust you, you have to be respectable. Which means when they set house rules and you say, I'm not going to obey the house rules, then don't expect them to say, then you're going to have all these liberties. Am I making any sense? So the house rules, the house rules being obeyed in return gets liberties that are given by the parents. Because what they're trying to do is establish some things in you when you're going to have all the liberties that you want. You can run things around your house like the lawnmower and the washing machine and the dishwasher. You can go to bed whenever you want to once the lawn's mowed and the dishes are washed and the clothes are cleaned and supper's cooked and the bills are paid. You can run things. See, now you're not at that stage. So now you're told, put up your dishes, do the dishes, hang up your clothes, make up your bed, sweep the floor, take out the trash. Oh, y'all are making me work hard tonight. 
but the principles that are being applied in your life today is preparing you that when you get here to this stage, you're going to be accustomed to the responsibility of living on your own. So you are in training to get there. And so at this age, I remember, I know you guys don't, you guys want to stay your age your whole life and live in mama's house and never have girlfriends or boyfriends and never get married and never move out. I understand, understand. I was there one time when I was four. And and so everything that you're doing today Honoring your parent, that principle of honor and respect, in turn gets honor and respect back to you. So when you honor your parents by them not having to be forced to punish. See, punishment isn't about being, isn't about fun. Matter of fact, well Dylan's gone, I was going to use him for an example, he's out of here. As a matter of fact, anybody ever heard, this hurts me than it hurts you. In all reality, it really does because a parent doesn't want to have to apply the rod of correction to the seat of understanding. What they really want is for the rules to be obeyed. So they don't want to say you're grounded, this gets taken away, you can't do this, you can't go here because you didn't take out the trash. You didn't make up the bed. You weren't where you were supposed to be, when you were supposed to be. You didn't do this. You did this. Your grades are not where they want to be because you're spending too much time in front. I'm meddling now, aren't I? And so they're applying some rules because when you get over here, you no longer have a parent saying, you got to get out of bed at this time. You got to do all these things. And so life will fall apart. Because contrary to what you believe, dinner doesn't cook itself. Clothes don't wash themselves. Payments don't really get made on the car or the house and the utility bill and the phones that you guys walk around with that cost more than the first vehicle that I owned and is much smarter than three of the girls I dated before I met Annette. So the respect, the respect is a biblical principle that God is speaking. But now, I've been picking a lot on you guys tonight, but that same respect is to this generation, but that same respect is in all areas of our lives. It's, it's even within members of our families to show respect. Christians are admonished in Scripture to respect leaders, whether it be Christian leaders or governmental leaders. Now I'm going to really go against the grain here for a few moments. Well, what if they are not honorable? What if they... It has nothing, respect has nothing to do with being honorable. As a parent, I may make mistakes. I may, I may have faults. I may fail. I may fail them. I may fail my family. I may fail God. But the whole principle of respect, it doesn't mean that I agree with them. Okay, let me move this. Let me transition this because I want you to get this. When I am dealing with an employer, for instance, you may have an employer that is rather difficult to work with. We're live, so don't raise your hands. They may be watching. So you may have an employer that has authority over you. It is called positional authority. It is the lowest level of authority. It's easier to get angry with people with positional authority than any other form of authority. And so, but they have positional authority, meaning that they are the supervisor or the manager or, or the CEO or what, wherever, wherever it falls into your life. 
So some of you may not know this, but the Bible is speaking about respect toward authority in every aspect of our life. And so therefore, there must be a level of honor. When I see a police officer, whether he's whether I'm seeing him from, from the angle that I most often talk to police officers. Yes, sir. I don't have the opportunity to, to act to say, hang on here for a second. I have some questions for you. Are you a Christian? Are you married? You run around on your wife? Are you prejudiced? Do you pay your bills? Do you lie? You don't have that opportunity. But automatically, when he walks up with a uniform, now, the responsibility, we put the responsibility in all sorts of places. The truth is he has a responsibility to live respectable. But whether he does or doesn't is not my issue, not my problem. Am I making this clear? I have a responsibility to show respect to the uniform. Regardless whether he's tall or short, big or little, Nice or not very nice. I was on the back roads making a trip at, from Louisiana for Christmas. My wife and I were driving down a lonely back road coming out of northern Louisiana into Arkansas on some back roads headed up toward Little Rock. It was late in the evening. I would say 9 o'clock-ish, maybe 8 or 9 o'clock in the evening. It had been raining. The roads were a little wet. I had my cruise set a few miles above the speed limit and quite a few miles above the speed limit and you guys keep me honest the problem was is the speed limit's like 55 here and a quarter mile down the road it's 75 and it's just like up and down and up and down and up and down all up through Laredo, Arkansas and all up through there um, I think I was talking to Sister Shauna. She drove down through that area, and she, she noticed the same thing. And so police really like to hang out there because just as you get your cruise and set your cruise, you got to slow back down because it's just going back down again. So the speed is up and down and up and down. And so I set my cruise at the top speed limit, and I was just up there. There was no cars out. I was just kept setting up and talking to my wife. We're just kicking along. I, it, wasn't, it wasn't dangerous. I wasn't doing anything. I mean, I was speeding. But, you know, not necessarily a sin. I know that I have to pay a fine if I get pulled over. So I'll pay the consequences. My insurance goes up and all the above. So we're running along, and all of a sudden I looked, and I'm like, holy cow, I'm running up on a car. It's the only car I'd seen in a while, and it's driving super, super slow. And uh, at my rate of speed, I was gaining on those taillights really quickly. And so immediately I thought, oh, i go to the left lane and pass him. And just as I went to go to the left lane, I saw a flicker of something on the rooftop. I hit my brake and pulled my car back and I overcorrected, so I kind of did this number a little bit. And with that, he hit his brakes again and moved over all the way to the shoulder, forcing me to pass him. And he pulled out behind me and followed me a few miles down the road waited till we got out in the middle of nowhere, and then all of a sudden flashing lights came on, and I pulled over. It's at night, back roads, southern Arkansas, nobody around. So I rolled my window down, or lowered my window, sorry, aging myself, rolled my window down. I did this while I go, and the kids are like, huh? I pushed the button down and went my window. Window goes down. I turn on all the lights inside the vehicle. Put my hands up. Windows down. Hands up where you could see them. Smile on my face. My wife's over there. What I told you the song down. Where's, where's, the, where's the insurance papers? And she's digging through and grumbling at me. And I'm sitting there. Officer walks up. 
doesn't realize he gets to the back corner of my vehicle and he says, keep your hands up where I can see them. Okay. I held my hands there. He approached the vehicle. License and registration. I said, sure. My license is right here in my back pocket. If you don't mind, I'm going to reach for him. He said, you have a weapon in the car? I handed him my carry permit. And I said, I do. And he asked me a few other questions. He said, you know why I stopped you? I said, probably so. And he said, you were driving entirely too fast. Yes, sir, I, I had my cruise set, but I wasn't sure. These, these roads, kind of the speed limit goes up and down and up and down. He said, just sit there. And he goes back. He comes back. He not, didn't only give me one citation. He gave me two citations and a lecture about slowing down. And so I said, yes, sir, and I remained calm. And man, he walked away, and Annette said, you must really have a bad life. Probably so. Now, at that moment, there could have been a lot of different responses, which makes you understand why some of the things that happen on the news happen. Because he gave me every opportunity in the world to let my temper flare. To let my attitude show, does he know who he's talking to? You're not going to talk to me that way. What do you mean keep my hands up, the windows down, dummy? It could have gone so many different directions. And no matter what I did, I was not going to win. Anybody understand what I'm saying? I could have left my window up and said, written a note, I have COVID, put it up in the window. <laughs> so I got home and I had to pay not one but two speeding tickets. And I called in a lady with a strong southern accent, answered the phone in a little rural community where that ticket had to be paid. And I called and she answered and I said, I'm looking here on the citation. It tells me where to mail it to. It doesn't tell me how much to mail, who to make the check payable to. And she said, it'll be $385. Do you mail it to this number right here? And she went through and I said, okay, I'll take care of that. I said, I know you're probably not the person that I need to uh, mention this to. But I said, you got a second so I could tell you the terrible experience I had with the law enforcement officer. She said, sure, I got time. She said, who was the officer? So I called the name. She said, oh, yeah, I know him. I went to school with him. He's a jerk. I said, well, I'm glad we agree. So I shared my story with her. Was elaborate with the story too. And she said, Sir, I'm very sorry for your ex for your experience. Um, instead of $385, do you think you could just mail in $200? That easy? I got another story for you. <laughs> I said, Yes, ma'am, I, I could do that. I said, As a matter of fact, that's not the reason that I said this to you. I don't want anybody to get in any problems here, but I appreciate what you did for me. And I said, but it's really uncalled for. So then, then I told her who I was. I said, I'm a minister and I was traveling. And I said, I, I show respect to police officers. And so I went on a little further. And she said, sir, I, I also, I'm going to downgrade this and we're going to keep this off your driver's license. I said, yes, ma'am. Now I have something else to share with you. So without it going on my license, costing me more in insurance, I was able to have that downgraded. But I, tell, I shared that story with you to tell you this. 
And she went on and told me a little bit about this guy she had known. And she said, we get more reports on this officer than any other officer that works in our region. Now, what does this have to do with the lesson I'm teaching tonight? And what, is, what, what does the Bible say about this? Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 17 now this, I understand and you understand, this is talking about ministry. This is talking about, this is talking about church leaders, okay? Now, because of time, I, 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 won't, I won't be, I'm going to throw some scriptures at you real quick, but I won't be able to be as elaborate with some of the teaching I'm going to do here over the next 20 minutes until I find an exit ramp. But I want you to get this because this applies in every area of life. That officer's attitude was not my problem. It could have led to a lot of different problems, but because I understood that respect was mine to give to him. And at the end, as he's standing at my window giving me a lecture, as he was much, much younger than me, and instead of speaking to me and saying, Sir, or being kind as I was being to him, he was yelling at me and he would end every statement and every sentence with, do you understand me? And I would respond with, yes, sir. And he would, he would say, these roads are wet. Do you understand me? Yes, sir. I responded in that situation in a way to try to de-escalate what could have been by a great majority of society, that moment would have turned into something that would have been on the news the next morning. I had a firearm in the car legally. We're on back road. There's nobody there. The only witness was, his, was my wife and his video camera. There's a lot of different things that could have transpired. But the Bible says a soft answer turneth away wrath. So instead of me yelling back at him, I said, yes, sir. Instead of me bowing up and letting him know what I think, I ducked my head, bowed my head and said, yes, sir, very sorry. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Did God demand that of me? I'm not sure if he did, but... I'm probably not going to have time tonight. It may be next Wednesday before I get on reputation. But here's what the Bible says. Here, I'm going to start here because this is talking about this is talking about religious leaders. This would be church leaders. All right, are you ready? Hebrews 13, verse 17. Obey them. What does it say? Obey them that hath rule over you, and wait a second. Make them de demand that you submit. See, every word in the scripture is powerful. Submit yourself. Nobody's making you do it. No, nobody's forcing you. Submit yourself. Now, with every requirement, there is always going to be a benefit. Submit yourself, for they have watch for, for they watch for your souls as they that must give an account, that they may do it with joy and not grief, for that is unprofitable to you. And then the Apostle Paul, who was writing this to the Hebrew church, he even goes on, he said, pray for us, would you? He said, pray for us. For we trust we have good conscience in all things willing to live honestly. We trust. This is what he said, we trust. That means my respect, my respect, whether it's for an elder in the church, whether it's for a fellow minister, there has to be a certain level of respect and trust well, how are you going to trust somebody that you don't know? Because the Bible tells me that this is what I'm supposed to do. 
Let's go to Exodus chapter 20. Verse number 12, Exodus chapter 20, verse number 12. I've quoted this already several times. Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Now go to Titus chapter 3. Get that on the screen for me if you can. Titus chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. Titus 3. 1 through 4. You're going to want to pull this up in your Bible or on your device if you have it because this is a very important scripture and this is where I'm really going to. I tried to make several applications, but I'm really getting here for us to understand. The next scripture I'm going to, if you want to look it up, Sister Sean, is 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13. Here we are, Titus 3, verse number 1. Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers and obey magistrates. Okay, you ready for ready for normal language? Be subject to principalities and powers and obey magistrates. To be ready to every good work. In today's language, show respect to authority, to laws, and to officers and officials. That's what it really means. To be respectful. To not fight them. To not resist them. To not be, to not, to not encounter. Now, wait a second. Please, I don't want anybody in here to leave tonight when I'm talking about this. We're not dealing. We have also have biblical mandates. There's a whole other segment. We have biblical mandates when it comes to spiritual things. First of all, we serve God. If laws are passed and rules are done and people want to come in and mandate that I can't pray and I can't worship and I can't sing and I can't gather as a church, they, I have a biblical mandate to resist that. And I'll, I'll take you to all those scriptures at another time. But when it's talking about to principalities and power and magistrates, it's talking about to local, state, and federal government type things, laws, rules. Verse 3, for we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, Serving divers' lust or diverse lust and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful, hating one another. Verse 4, help me read it. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward men appeared. Go to the next verse. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. When God fills you with the Holy Ghost, there is, there's more than just goosebumps and feel goods. All of these other things, so therefore we've got to show grace. We don't know whether that officer is kind or gentle, whether he's being, obe being obedient, whether he's breaking laws. But at the same time, we are given a mandate to obey. All right, 1 Peter chapter 2. Give me 10 more minutes. Thank you, Annette. She'll give me 10 more minutes. The rest of you can be dismissed. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 13. You ready? Is it on the screen? Ready? Read it out loud with me. Force them to make you to submit. Submit yourself to every ordinance of man. For the Lord's sake. For God's sake. Whether it be to the king as supreme or the president 
as chief ruler of the United States of America, whether I agree with him or don't agree with him, whether I voted for him or didn't vote for him, oh, ain't nobody going to help the preacher now. I don't have to approve. I don't have to vote in favor. I don't have to be for it. I am against so many of the policies that I'm seeing, but I have a biblical mandate to be submitted to the ordinance of man, whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers, which means law enforcement. That's, that's, the, that's those who come to enforce the law and for the praise of them that do well. Verse 15, for so is the will of God that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free and not using your liberty as a cloak of maliciousness, of maliciousness but as the servants of God. Verse 17, honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. I'm not making this stuff up. We have a requirement to be obedient and to follow. Not when I see people creating all sorts of, there's, I'm, I'm, I'm going to step way out on a limb. I'm not talking about peaceful protesting. I'm not talking about letting your voice be heard. But when people begin to become evil and become riotous or become malicious with their acts and their words and they call themselves Christian, they are unbiblical. Jude chapter 5, verse 5. If you're looking for Jude chapter 5, you're going to be there a while. Jude 5. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitations, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise, also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh. Here's what it says. Despise dominion, that means power and authority, and speak evil of dignitaries. Verse 10, but these speak evil of those things which they know not, but what they know naturally as brute beasts in those things they corrupt themselves. Let me break this down. What we are seeing in our world right now, I have seen the reversal of certain policies and rules and regulations in our government to where all of a sudden things that a, a year or two ago were going one direction are now going another. Abortions being one of those that are, at, that are escalating rapidly to an all-time high. And these people with brute beast mentality are slaughtering babies while they're worried about people getting their feelings hurt. So as a church, what do we do? We must shine a light of hope. We must do everything that we can to try to reach the world and try to get them to have a change of heart a change of mind, a change of life, to let the blood of Jesus wash, wash them and change them. But if as a church we decide, well, let's all just rebel, here's what we're going to do. None of us are going to pay taxes. 
Those are out there. I've heard them. You have no biblical right. We're going to rebel. We're going to take up arms and go march through the city. You have no biblical right. Whether you can claim constitutional right or not, the kingdom of God is not the kingdom of this world. And so therefore, the church must do what the church does best, and that is we must pray. We must do everything possible to reach the world. If we can get the world saved, all the things we're upset about will change. The problem is, is that more and more the world is becoming corrupt and the church is becoming more and more in its corner. Our obligation is to reach the world that we may be able to change the world. Everyone has an important role to play in building respect for those who are in authority. What I've shared with you tonight, what I've talked with you tonight, I'm not criticizing those who have had bad experiences with police officers. I too have been a victim. I'm not minimizing those that have had different authorities that have come down upon them wrongly. Those things happen. But I still have a biblical mandate to show respect and authority to the position. The Bible tells me to do what I do. Honor the king and magistrates. It doesn't call anybody by name. I don't have to respect the man or the woman that holds the position, but I have to respect the position. I don't have to agree with what they do, but I have to honor the position. Can I bring it all the way home with the things we've talked about? You don't have to agree with everything that your parents do, but honor the position. You don't have to agree with every decision that a spiritual leader makes. Honor the position. Because that's what the Bible says to do. I'm not honoring because they're doing what I want them to do. That is the mentality of the world. Well, if my parents will do what I want them to do, if they'll let me do what I want to do, then I will honor them. No, that's not what the Bible says. Honor them. If you honor them, it'll go well with you. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to be compliant and I'm going to go along and I'm going to pray for leaders as long as it's a leader I voted for. The Bible tells us to pray for those who are in authority. I believe we ought to pray. doesn't matter whether you're in favor or against. You ought to pray for God to have a work in the life of every spiritual leader. And in every governmental leader. And so we have, a, we have an obligation. I'm not going to bore you and continue on tonight. I'll pick back up on holiness of reputation. And we'll talk about this later. I'm going to stop here tonight. When it comes to respect, I'm going to close with this. Respect is not just something we do with those who are above us. But respect also must be, a, must be unilateral, meaning to those that are on the same level with us. There must be respect to my brother and my sister that are beside me. They may come from a different background. They may come from different perspectives. They may have different experiences in life that have forged their thinking and their way of doing things. They may not be where you are spiritually or biblically. Can I get an amen? We have an obligation to show respect. Not to be rude and hateful and crude and hurtful and push people away. I'm going to tell you what God is doing in our church right now. We have new people that are walking in the doors of this building. You, I, 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 every week as we're getting ready for service, I just anticipate we're going to have guests that I've never met before. We're going to have first-time guests in every service. We're going to have new people. And as the church is growing and as new people are coming in and as new people are getting saved, they're not where... 
I may be. I was born with my father pastoring a church, grew up on a church pew. It's all I ever knew, going to church and being around church. I've grown up with it and around it my whole life. I can't expect somebody to walk in in their third or fourth service to be where I am. They're going to mess up. They're going to make mistakes. They're not going to get it right. They're going to question some of the things that we do, some wrongly and some rightly. And so what are we going to do? We're going to show respect. Had one of our new one of our new members came to me a few days ago and talked to me and he said was talking about someone here in the church and he he came to me and he said I don't really know what to do so I want to talk to you because I I don't want to not be respectful because that's in their world that's big respect's big and you don't want to ever break that respect I I don't I'm coming to you because I just need counsel and direction I wasn't sure what to do so I talked to somebody and they told me I needed to talk to you because I don't want to be I don't want to not show respect but this is how I feel about what's going on and about this this issue. And so I had to turn around and say, you know what, and I don't think they mean to be disrespectful to you. Because I gave my brother and my sister the benefit of the doubt. I don't think they meant to be disrespectful. I think they meant I think they meant well with the things they said. They just maybe it didn't come out right. And you know, you're you're coming from one world and they're coming from another and and conversations. It just didn't in the church, we've got to learn to let our communication be with respect. I can disagree without being disrespectful. I can have a different, a different opinion without being disrespectful and hateful and hurtful. And if we're going to be the church that God wants us to be and reach the new people that God is bringing into this church, we're going to have to open our minds and understand when they walk in, they don't have to prove themselves before I'm respectful to them. I'll say yes, sir, and no, sir, and I will respond in a very positive and very cordial way. I'll shake their hand. I'll hug their neck. I'll go to wherever they are. I'll be with them. I'm not going to involve myself in sin. I will lead them by example, but I must show respect to them. And to every saint in the church, whether you have a different view, whether it's a friend and you agree with something or disagree, whether they're in your group, we used to call them cliques or not, Whether they're in your group or not in your group, show respect that it may be well with you and that you will be blessed to the world. Everything that we do when we treat others, when we treat others, the Bible teaches us in relationships of how to treat others. We should never, ever, hear me if you miss everything else I say, we should never respond, speak, anything that we do that is intentional to control another person's actions. That is me trying to force them into submission, force them into respect, force them to do what I want. The Bible is nothing in the Bible. Pop psychology is full of that mess, but it's wrong. It's unbiblical. What I should do is lead them by example and offer them the bread of life and let God feed them with what I have to give. It's not about manipulation. It's not about control. It's not about forcing. Show love one to another. Stand with me. Lift your hands toward heaven and ask God to help us. Lord, right now we come before you. God, thank you for this wonderful church. Thank you for these great young people and these adults tonight that have heard the word of the Lord. God, let us let us grow in you that we may become what you would have us to be. Lord, let us look at people from different cultures and different nationalities and different backgrounds. Lord, that, that diversity may be in the church. Lord, that we may show respect one to another, that we may show respect for leaders and dignitaries. And, Lord, all the things that your word has declared to us, because, Lord, your word declares that we are doing it as unto you, that it is your will. And, God, I pray your blessings upon this church and upon every family, upon every home. Lord, that we may live respectable lives, that people may look at us and desire.